going on, Los Angeles? Welcome into the Rams Skinny here on the LA Football Network, live on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Happy Friday to all. It is Christmas weekend. It's a beautiful weekend, especially because it's a victory Friday for our Los Angeles Rams after a big Thursday night primetime win over the New Orleans Saints. We're going to get all up in it and talk about this game as the Rams move to eight and seven, and I believe up into the sixth seed in the playoff race, which is very, very impressive for this team. But joining me as always, my better half, the man with the great mane, the beautiful jackets, the good stubble, the great smile, Ryan Skinny T. Anderson. What's up, brother? How we doing? I'm doing good. Have you noticed, uh, you know, how beautiful, speaking of nice smiles, how beautiful Matthew Stafford's teeth are? Mm. They're just glistening white, just beautiful. They got to be veneers. I don't know. Those are got nice uh, to be natural. There's got to be an LA dentist that he should be giving a shout out to. Like on all, you know, ASPN radio, you know, we have like Dr. Clapper and all these different <laughs> LA legends. Uh, Barry, you know, the, the lawyer, go to Barry to get your settlement. There's got to be some dentist that Matthew Stafford can shout out because those are, those are a great set of choppers for sure. Yeah, definitely. But I've, uh, you know, speaking of of the season, I've started my eggnog binge. Mm. Uh, given eggnog's just high caloric and you know just sugar uh, amount, I give myself just a, a week of eggnog uh, drinking with some brandy or some bourbon. Uh, but I have I've I've started into that. I've I've dug into it, and uh, so that's that's the official like. This is we're in the we're in the we're in the deep heart of Christmas spirit when sipping sipping eggnog, watching National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it. it's just it's perfect. It's perfection. Just delightful. You throw a little candy cane in there, too. I don't know. Okay. You know, a little brandy, a little eggnog, maybe a little extra uh, seasoning on there to spice it up a little bit. A little but. nutmeg or cinnamon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like the homemade ones like that. But if you want a nice premix, anyone out there listening, you go to Costco. They have a great premixed eggnog. Uh, that I believe is pre-mixed with brandy, um, but it's phenomenal. It's just kind of like their margarita, right? Like everyone talks about the Costco margarita. The Costco uh, eggnog is not bad wow. either. Yeah. So but you're, go. I mean, you're like a, you work in the liquor. You got to make your own, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So, definitely. Before we get into this game, big win, 30-28, 30-22, excuse me, eight-point win for the Rams. Uh, show is always brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Head to underdogfantasy.com or Underdog Fantasy on the App Store or Google Play. When you enter your first deposit, use our promo code RAMSLAFB. That's one word, RAMSLAFB. You're going to get a match deposit up to $100. You put in $100, they're going to give you $100 free to play with. That's Underdog Fantasy. RAMSLAFB is the promo code. You can find the link in the description below as well. Tell them the guys at the Rams Skinny sent you here on the LA Football Network. So Skinny T, eight and seven, six seed in the playoffs. Overall, I thought a pretty dominant performance. We'll get into, obviously, that the defense kind of, you know, similar to last week, letting them a little back in it, which was a little concerning. Another missed field goal, a little concerning. Some red zone woes, a little concerning. But overall, I would say 80% of the product is looking pretty dang good for this Rams team. What's your 3,000-foot lens view of this victory on, on Thursday? You know, this is the kind of game um, that differentiated the Rams between – um, other seven and seven teams in the league. Um, they just moved the ball on offense with impunity. They just, they just looked like they could not be stopped. Uh, didn't look like this. The saints had had an answer on defense, uh, for what Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford were, were showing them. And 
you know, that's this is what we wanted to see. Um, I keep saying it. I was saying it from the beginning. They, they got to be scoring 30 points a game, um, and and they're doing that now. And um, it's the right time uh, that they're doing that, heading into the playoffs at the sixth seed, uh, currently slated to play the the Lions. Uh, uh, you know, everybody knows the the, the ties that bind uh, between those these two teams. And um, mm-hmm. you know, we're heading into a week where they're where they're playing another uh, NFC opponent that is a beatable team. Um, you know, you kind of alluded to, you know, the end of the game where they let teams sneak back in. But other other than that, just uh, an offensive juggernaut um, uh, uh, um, showing from the Rams and 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 another uh, defensive uh, performance that was great. And I want to talk more about Raheem Morris. And we were talking about putting respect on Matthew Stafford and, and Sean McVay, um, you know, top end head coaching candidate. Uh, yeah. I think Ray Morris and uh, we can get more into the defense when we get there, but what are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. I'll say that, say that for at the end of my little uh, soapbox here or whatever you want to call it, but overall, please. I mean, at one point this was, it was what 27 to seven or something like that. Um, it's all blurring together. I was at a hockey game last night as well. Nice little Christmas gift from the parents, but they were up big and obviously they kind of let them back in it, which you don't want to see. And we talked about it last week in the commanders game that, you know, against playoff opponents, that's, you know, you can't let that happen, but it's, it's the NFL. There's still NFL teams. The saints are on the cusp of a playoff. They're playing for everything. So, you know, it's as long as you, at the end of the day, finish the job and get the job done. That's all that really matters. Um, but overall, I thought, you know, this team just, it, here's what I'll say. So I thought it was a good win. Um, or a great win, I should say. This is a Saints defense that hadn't give up, given up like a touchdown or so in two games. Granted, they played some pretty weak offenses, but I think we saw how good this Rams offense is, as you alluded to, just moving the ball with impunity, as you said. Great adjective to describe or verb, however you want to use it. Um, we've, we're seeing before our eyes, like we talked at length last episode about McVay and put some respect on him and the Picasso of the NFL in terms of coaching in, in 2023. But I think Matthew Stafford should have a case for MVP as well. He won't get it. And you know, there's some other very deserving players as well, but where he is putting together an MVP type performance, especially after the bye week. Now, granted it's got to be the full season, but in these last, you know, four or five weeks since the bye, it is incredible what he has been doing, you know, 1300 yards, 12 touchdowns, one pick, I think, correct me if I have something off there a little bit. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I know that's, that's close to what it is. And he's just leading this team well and, and playing so well at such a high level at such an important time that it is just fun to watch. And the other thing I'll say, and maybe this goes into a larger conversation here is everyone's talked about this remodel. And we talked about the pillars that we have Stafford, Cooper cup, Aaron Donald. And then you, you sprinkle in some other good key players and Ernest Jones having a fantastic year. Jordan Fuller, after I feel like I praised him a few weeks ago, calling him the best safety in Los Angeles, has struggled the last two or three weeks, had another bad play last night where he cheated up and obviously gave up the touchdown to make it a closer game. But, you know, he's another one in that list. And you could you look at, you know, Rob Havenstein on the offensive line, yada, yada, and then how they drafted and whatnot. What's been so impressive, and this is what the great teams are able to do, and there's not a lot of them that do it because you see these mini dynasties where it's like, you know, three to five years of good runs and then kind of a three to five years lull. And then they get back to the top. Like what we saw with the Patriots will probably never happen again. 20 years of dominance. That's just not going to happen. But what they were able to do in that is they had their core or not even really their core. They had Tom Brady and then they basically, yeah, they had their pillar, one pillar, maybe we could argue. Um, and then they were able to 
find those new pillars every three to five years that just kept going up. And then some of those guys, obviously Gronk became a true pillar and whatnot. And you look at the Rams, obviously Donald cup and Stafford are still the pillars, but now we're seeing before our eyes, Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua are truly two pillars on offense. Ernest Jones, we allude to truly a pillar on defense. Kobe Turner, you could argue is becoming a pillar in the defensive line. So it's so rare that teams are able to do that. And the way these guys are playing, the way they're leading as young guys, the amount of fun they're having that we're we saw in the interview afterwards, after the game with Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua and just smiling ear to ear, talking about fun. And obviously when you win, it's fun. But that was something Sean McVay talked about. I'm getting long-winded here. But when he talked about coming back, you know, I remember he mentioned two things because of the whole retirement and all this stuff. And the two things he alluded to was, one, I don't want to come back if I don't feel like I can lead these men to be better than they are in football and off the field. That was really important to him, and I love that about him. We talked about it. Super awesome to hear a coach say that that is important. And the other thing was, like, I don't want to come back if it's not fun to do anymore. And you see it on all levels of this team from – the you know practice squad to the rookies to the stars to the coaching staff to the front office everyone is just coaching playing practicing with the purpose of having fun and we i think we talked about this in like july like when you have fun it becomes loose and you turn those fun into wins and we saw that the very end of last season a little bit with baker mania and now this whole season obviously you know you have seven losses but they haven't got away from that and i think that's super important and those pillars that they've found early on are just going to carry that on forward into the future. And this team is good right now, but everybody better watch out in 24 and 25 because they got a lot of ammo to even get even better. So the fact that they're doing this in this season is just so impressive. Yeah. <clears throat> and you know, that, uh, that, that it, the interview after the game was the only word I can describe it as is adorable. <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> they were just so happy to be, it looked like they were just happy to be on TV and happy to win a, win a football game. And, you know, uh, uh, Kyron Williams is talking about, he just, he, he likes being out there playing football with his friends, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> it's like, love that. That's great. Like, and, and um, you know, th what, what that signals is a changing of the guard, you know, where, you know, as much as Cooper cup has looked more like himself, He's still coming up hobbled. He's not mm -hmm. fully healthy. He's on the back side of his career last couple of years, I'm guessing, of, of, of prime Cooper Cup play. Um, and then, you know, behind him on in, in, in terms of um, uh, of um, uh, um, um, weapons, of uh, offensive weapons, there just wasn't a, a lot of other established guys in there. Now we, you got Kyron and you got Puka in there. And I, it makes me think of um, the, uh, like what you were saying about kind of like um, how, you know, um, dynasties kind of come and go really quickly. And I, it made me think of the Golden State Warriors and just their attempts mm -hmm. to find the next, the next uh, Steph and Clay or the next Draymond that's going to come in and extend their dynasty into, into the next strata. And they just haven't really been able to do that. But then you got these two guys that are just happy to be up there. Kyron and, and Puka just, you know, just talking about what a blessing it is to be playing football with this team mm. and, and it's uh, and, and playing at the level that they're doing. And, you know, I, and just, you know, we're, we're obviously gushing about those two guys, but what this offensive line has done mm. as well, um, has been phenomenal. Uh, you know, um, uh, Kyron Williams has 3.3 yards before contact, which ties him for the second best in football among running backs. You know, and the leader is only uh, 0.1 yards ahead of him. So what that means is, uh, you know, 
this offensive line is just doing its job in the running game and giving him space to to do what he needs to be able to do and and they're keeping uh Stafford upright and you know you know there's so many games where he gets he gets tagged and just comes up wincing and we saw him you know miss a game just because he was injured but yeah um, you know and then then you look back at um those the after the the series of losses um and the conversations that we were having after after um those games of like are they should they just pack it in for the rest of the season rest cooper cup and and stafford for the next season and and you and i both agreed that that would be devastating for the for these rookies yeah and these these young guys including kyron williams where uh what they're doing is they're learning uh, a winning behaviors they're learning uh winning culture they're learning the rams culture um, 100%. And they're building confidence. Um, and that's that's why you don't pack it in at this point, because guess what? They've gone on this run now where they're now in the playoffs and those guys get to get some experience in, in the playoffs. Now, I, I said it last week. This is a playoff team. They're they're better than the competition that they're facing. You know, they're better than the Saints. Obviously, they're they, they just you know, they did a great job just, you know, wiping the table with uh, with uh, the, the Saints all game long for well, most yeah. of the game anyway. But uh uh, and the and they're and they're better than the Giants, and you know, they're you know the the Saints may be the the worst uh, you know seven and seven team coming in, into this game, and then the the Rams were just so much better than that. The record doesn't really reflect how good they're mm-hmm. playing right now, and um, it's so important for these for these young guys to just get this experience of you know, you know, stacking blocks as, as Sean McVay likes to say. Yeah, well, and something else we talked about with the youth, right? Is you you have that kind of like, you don't know. How do I say this? We talked about it in the off season, but it's like this almost dumb confidence where you just, you haven't been in the league yet. You're a rookie or a second year guy or first time starter. And so you don't know really what you're up against. You're just like, I'm just going to go out and ball and have a good time. And like, when you're a vet, you've lost a bunch or you've lost some and you know, like, Oh wow, this team is going to be a juggernaut to go up against. Like, how do we do this? And so you get in your own head. Sometimes you try as a vet not to, but sometimes as a rookie. And when you see, you know, the great Cinderella stories of all time, like we think of miracle on ice, like they may have played Russia 20 times. And you know, the quote in the movie is played him 10 times. We, we may lose nine, but not this time. Um, and that kind of has this feeling of this Rams team in a way, I think they're playing much better than that. But it kind of is that dumb confidence where it's just like, hey, we're just going to go and just put our heart out and see what we can do. And, and you know, we're going to make some mistakes, but we're going to just keep clawing and fighting. And I think what's good about this team, what it should have Rams fans excited is week after week now during this little mini run they've been on minus the Baltimore loss is they've been getting a little bit more consistent. Every week there's some stuff where we're like, oh, man, there's the there's the youth, there's the experience you see. But the consistency is starting to get better. Now let's though shift a little bit skinny and, and we'll talk a little bit negative because, you know, you wrote your article right after the game, go to lapnetwork.com to check that out, obviously about kind of the red zone woes. So what do you think, or what do you attribute to kind of the red zone where they just, they move the ball so well. And even on the first drive, it took a fourth down conversion to not settle for a field goal. And then they had to settle for a field goal to drive after that and then missed a field goal later and whatnot. So do you attribute it as it's just, you know, the red zone's hard. It's, it's, it's what a lot of teams struggle with. It's less field to work with. Do you think it's play calling? What do you kind of think this red zone woes is? And do you think they can get it fixed over the next two weeks? Well, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what game it was, but they came in, the Rams came into the game. Uh, they ran nine straight plays and then tried run, throwing three straight times. That was against Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's 
it's you know take the you know you bring the girl to dance you know you you know better dance with her let's dance with her you know like keep running those plays and um you know i you know it was a passing play that worked on fourth down there um and i'm not saying that you shouldn't call passing plays but it goes back to what i was saying about those 3.3 yards so the, the the analytics say uh if you're in basically a fourth and goal situation anywhere within the eight eight yard line basically you should mm-hmm. be going for it um now if if kyron williams is getting 3.3 yards per run before contact even um yeah that's a good play to run inside. And we saw it, we saw it in this game where they're uh, he, he ran for 10 yards uh, in the red zone and just punched it in. And he was basically like, there was not a, there was not a player in position to tackle him. Now there's a lot of things that go into that. That play doesn't exist in a vacuum where um, you just call that play and it's going to work every time it's yeah. you set it up, but you set you just got to set things up properly and, and running on the, and, and running the ball, you, you reduce the risk of, of an incomplete pass. So, you know, I think, you know, McVeigh is just a conservative play caller. He doesn't go for it enough on on fourth down. And I wrote in my article, you know, he's, he need, he's, he's a conservative guy, but he's also a fantastic offensive mind and play caller. Go with this one. Go with the, the, the play calling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, he's got, you know, we've, we've seen it with his, with his back against the wall. His play calling has been phenomenal where he's, you know, set up two minute drives, uh, you know, even in, even in the commanders game or, uh, the saints game, he, they drove down, um, with a, just, just a little bit of time left on, on the clock before the the half. And they were able to, they were able to score then. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, you know, it's, it, it's a, it's a harder thing to do, but this is what the, this is what the good teams do is they put up seven instead of three. You know, if you, you know, you have a you have a chance to put up eight if you want to, uh, if you're in the red zone, and you just have to yeah. you, have, you have to take advantage of those opportunities. And I'm not saying that against the Commanders or the Saints necessarily; they won those games. But when you're going up against the Niners or the Lions or uh, you know the Eagles, you know in the playoffs, it's 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 just going to be a lot harder, and you're going to have you're going to have to get those points, and it's not negotiable at that point. Um, and and Lucas Haversick is continuing to miss kicks, um, so. Yeah you know, settling for field goals isn't automatic. Uh, you know, he's, he missed a, you know, the 33 yard extra point, um, a couple weeks ago. And it's, you know, then, then you're going from scoring seven to zero and that, that drive is just worth nothing, you know? So yeah. it, it's, you know, it's, it's a small bone to pick, but, um, you know, that's, that's when high leverage situations, that's what football games are, are won and lost. So, Go, yep. go for it. Be, just be aggressive. If, if it's fourth and three, call a play. And if, uh, it, and if you don't get it, you're, you're, he's there. That team is just backed up against the, their own goal line and have a much harder time, you know, creating a, a scoring play, much less, you know, even getting out of the shadow of their own uh, goalpost. It's just, it, you know, as modern uh, football as McVeigh likes to play, that's just one of those things where it's just like he can't get, get out of his own way. And, and, it, you know, it, it is execution. And mm-hmm. it is play calling. It's both of those things. And, you know, in this game, I'm not saying that it was a play calling mistake necessarily, but an execution mistake more so probably, but you got to set your guys up for success and you got to, you got to bet, you got to bet on yourself. You know, you got to bet on yourself to put it in, in those instances. And um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's, it's just a, it's an overall frustration with McVeigh of not betting on things that, mm-hmm. you know, bet on your team being a physical team, you know? Yeah. 
Oh, hundred percent. And you know, it's such a, you know, it's a catch 22, right? Cause obviously you do all that work to get down there. I agree with everything you're saying, like bet on yourself, like be aggressive. Um, they did it the first drive and they, they converted on the fourth down and got the touchdown on a nice play design there. Um, but then you see on the second drive, they kicked the field goal. Had they not kicked that field goal. And at the end of the game, it's only a five point game instead of an eight game, eight point game. Obviously they didn't get the inside kick, but maybe that changes things. So it's such a hard thing to really quantify in a vacuum. Obviously hundred percent of the time you want a touchdown. Um, but it's like, when is right to be aggressive? When is right just to take the points? And I am more on the side of with you. Like, I just want to be aggressive all the time. Um, but some of the old school people, especially in the media are like, just take the points. Like I've sat in so many press boxes. We're like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Gonna, like going for it again, like kick the, kick the field goal, take the points. Yeah, no. And it, you know, it's, it's such an interesting point, but then you look at, you know, a few games this year, one score games, you know, where, you know, seven would have actually won the game. You know, you think about the the Bengals game, or you think about the the uh, Pittsburgh game. I think both of those, the, the first score from the Rams were both field goals. And, you know, you, I don't remember if those were particularly on the first drive necessarily, but that's when Sean McVay is scripting those plays. That's when he's supposed to be at his best. Mm-hmm. And that's what I just wanted at that point. I just, you know, had had the Rams won one or both of those games against Cincinnati or or Pittsburgh, they're already in the playoffs. They're already locked in and they're in a much better, much better place. So, you know, it's, you know, I understand the philosophy of, of picking up the, getting the points uh, against the saints and, and, and the commanders. But what I'm worried about is do they do that against, you know, do they go into, into week 17, week 18 when everything's on the yeah. line against the, the Niners, Niners and they settle for a field goal and end up losing by four, you know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> no, and that's that's when you do have to have that aggression because um, the way the Niners are playing and the way that offense is moving the ball, like you you can't leave points. And I get if you don't convert, you leave three points on the field, but I don't think you're going to beat that Niners team, you know, 17 to 14. It's probably going to end up being a shootout. It could not be. I mean, you never know with a division inner rival game what those look like. So let's because we brought it up, let's let's mention the kicking game and another missed field goal for Havrisic. Based on what McVeigh said after the game, it sounds like they're rolling the dice with him the rest of the way. I mean, unless he has a O for game coming up, I mean, he's probably going to be the Rams kicker through the rest of these two games and and potentially going into the playoffs. So, your thoughts? Is it is it? I mean, kicking is so much confidence. It's not like these guys can't kick, right? Like they they there's 200 kickers in college. That's all they do. They don't practice anything else. Once you're in college, you literally just kick for three hours a day. Most of it, obviously, there's some leg talent and leg strength that that separate the great ones from the, you know, okay journeyman ones. But in reality, the biggest thing is confidence. So is this a play of McVeigh saying like, all right, we've seen him in practice. He has the leg strength. It's all about confidence with him. We're putting all of our chips in on him and saying, you're our guy. Or is this a pretty dumb move by McVeigh when you have Mason Crosby that's been doing it forever that you know from probably 40 yards in he's almost a guarantee you know he's obviously not gonna have the leg strength from 50 plus what do you think should they be rolling with that or do you think it's just like hey what do we got with Havrizic man I don't know um I I'd be bringing in I'd be bringing in people uh you know trying things out uh yeah I mean it's I, I've said it before. It's just like this: if if Havrasik misses a field goal in the postseason, and that's what the exit point is for the Rams, it's just like 
you know, you got to reevaluate your, your uh, position on special teams at that point. You know, it's always seemed, it's always, it seemed like it, for most of McVeigh's career, it seemed like an afterthought and you, it's a, it's a big part of the game and you have Huge. to, you have, you have to get the guy, you know? So I would keep, I'd keep looking for the guy until you find the guy. Uh, um, I would bet on Mason Crosby more than I would bet on Havrisic for sure at this point. Um, yeah. I mean, I know it's, it's interesting. Like when I heard that and, you know, another missed kick and, you know, it didn't come back to bite at the end of the game. What? There's a block punt at the end of the game as well that, uh, yeah, set up a touchdown. But yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just a, a situation that you don't want to go into the playoffs with such shaky special teams because as a as a unit the special teams unit i think has been really good this year in terms of tackling and, and field position and then the punting with the rookie punter has been great um but you know that, that everyone forgets how important the field goal kicker is until you miss one and then everyone's like oh my gosh like what is going on the, the sky got, is falling you got one job <laughs> you that's know. it get your head one right job. get in there <laughs> figure never, out your confidence i've never understood skinny never understood like I'm not saying kicking is easy. It's a small, small window you got to hit. You're kicking a weird shaped football. You got to hit the right spot. But that is literally all you do every day. 365 is kick footballs. And the, the amount of not good kickers, like I get like it's, you know, it's hard to be perfect. I'm not saying that. But the fact that we have in the NFL still to this day, like of 32 teams, we have probably what? Three elite kickers probably 10 good kickers and the rest are all like, well, we'll probably just find a new one next year again. Like it's shocking to me. And there's 200 every year in college. Like how is there not 32 really good kickers? I don't get it. And most of the, most of the college kickers doesn't seem like nobody's drafting kickers. And, and even when they do, it's, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's a winner. I don't, obviously it's not an easy thing to do. Um, but you know, if it's a confidence thing, you know, like it, like have your cell phone on the side and like, have your mom call you up and just talk you up. You know, I don't know. Have somebody give you a phone call, you know, pay, pay somebody to, you know, give you a call and just talk you up and get you, get your head in the game. I don't, I don't know what these, these guys need. If you're a, like, if you're a, I get, if you're a soccer player, it's way more exciting. Like it's more fun playing soccer than being a, a, a football field goal kicker. But if you're not good enough to make it to like Premier League where you're making like crazy money, if you're like an MLS player where you might be making like, you know, 800,000, 900,000, like a, you know, a, a bottom tier. Obviously, there's some MLS guys that make a lot. So I'm not saying that. But <laughs> if you're one of those bottom guys, why would you not just say, you know what? There's not very many good field goal kickers. I'm just going to go do that. Get to just ride the pine all the time, hang out, like just, you know, shoot the S on practice days. And I can, if I'm a good kicker, I'll make three, four million a year. I mean, that's why the Rams couldn't keep Matt Gay because, the Colts gave him four mil. That's it. That's all he yeah. needed. Come on. Four mil. Like, come on. There's got to be some soccer players out there willing to go play uh, in the NFL for four mil. Cronky's got Cronky's got uh, four million dollars in his couch cushions right now. Yeah. Come on. That's the other thing. Maybe kickers shouldn't count against the cap. Maybe that should be. Maybe that would make the kicking game better if you take out this, those the punter and kicker take them out of the cap. Maybe that would make it a better uh, situation. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, you know, what do the I know? backup quarterback too shouldn't be in there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. I mean, I had I was on another show, and we're getting off topic here. I was on another show where I think the way you solve because obviously this year we're seeing an unbelievable amount of QBs injured. And when the backups go in, it's like, man, the 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 um the good play just erodes so much, or it also shows the teams that actually put a value 
on backup quarterbacks. And so what I was saying is like, okay, same, similar to kickers. Like we have so many quarterbacks that play in college and this, and again, it's, it's the hardest position in all of sports to play. There's only going to be a handful of elite ones. There's only going to be a handful of guys that can be like the, the starting quality in the NFL. But you're telling me after 32 guys, there's not 32 more than it can at least be competent. Like the, the amount of bad backup play. And so my thought was, you know, a, I love that they made the rule change that the third QB doesn't count against the active roster. You can have that as emergency, but I was saying you, you expand. So the practice squad now is what the 16 guys you yeah. make it 18 guys, but those final two have to be quarterbacks. So you have two quarterbacks plus your threes. You essentially have five quarterbacks in your roster and those two practice squad. It's just a development. You, you bring in another coach that maybe is like a, a side um, private coach that all he's doing is developing these quarterbacks because there is no way with how many guys play football, how many quarterbacks we have in the college game, that there's not at least 64 decent quarterbacks in football. Sorry, I was getting animated and had to hit my mic there. Yeah, I, I would even want to take it a step further. This will never happen because the college ranks just fill up the, the NFL, but having the developmental league where they are getting practice reps and live reps in, in actual games, maybe not necessarily in Europe like they tried, but I would – you know, we're way off topic here, but, you know, I would love to see an NFL developmental league where, you know, quarterbacks are able to play in a spring spring situation or something yeah. like that and well, get developed and turn into Kurt Warner or whatever. Yeah, well, we're I mean, we're here and it's it's pretty close that this USFL XFL merger happens. And yeah. the talks with the merger is that that would become a developmental league for the NFL, which just makes so much more sense. Like, don't compete against it make it all one entity that you send guys there. They get a play all spring. They get paid to do it and they show up at training camp, having those reps. And yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> that alone, I think make things better, but anyway, let's get back to the Rams here for the final 10 minutes or so of the show. Um, let's talk defense real quick. We saw a shift this week, less stereo on Kendrick, probably uh, much to the um, happiness of fans. A lot more, Kobe Durant in there had had his struggles overall, you know, had that given up touchdown, but overall, what was your assessment of Kobe Durant, who I think a lot of people have been really wanting to see get more reps? Yeah, uh, he's the, he's the better player of the two. Um, and it, you know, it, it just goes to show you that they still need to add, add guys to this, uh, this back half. I mean, Akella Witherspoon has done a, a fine job back there, but we've seen a bit of regression from him. Uh, we've seen other guys take step back, other guys take take step forwards, but I feel like Kobe, uh, Kobe's, uh, trajectory has been mostly on the upward, uh, uh, trajectory of getting better, you know, he's kind of playing inside and, and they're different. They're very different positions they are different skill sets. And, and uh, he's mostly been inside and, and switched to outside. That's not an easy, easy thing to do. So I commend him on, on the effort that he has made. And, and you know, we've also seen uh, Quentin Lake kind of moving more toward yeah. uh cornerback uh, play. And, and he's, he's been really good in that. Um, so, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, not you know, to, oh, sorry. No, no, I didn't want to interrupt you, but just really quick. Quentin Lake, 45 coverage snaps last night, and PFF gave him an 89.2 grade. So Quentin Lake is playing some really good ball right now. Yeah, and uh, fantastic to see a uh, UCLA guy there, uh, uh, Carnell, Carnell Lake's kid, uh, lineage. Uh, that's Yeah, and it just it shows you that this this defense is, and particularly the secondary is, 
while they've had some very excellent play and while they've had um, good enough play, it's it's still an evolving group. And, you know, they're, they're going to add more through the draft and, and probably through free agency, I would imagine, um, heading into the 2024 season. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, Kobe Durant is going to be a part of that plan. I don't know if Darian Kendrick is necessarily going to be a starter um, uh, in 2024, uh, but a good piece that they can rotate in. Um uh, I commend that. And, you know, a, a, a big shift has been uh, uh, Ernest Jones coming more to the, the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. which doesn't make it easy, any easier on those guys uh, playing in the secondary. Uh, you know, he's he's Ernest Jones had one sack uh, heading into this season. He's got five so far in the so far in, in uh, 2023 and just doing a, a bang up job. Forty three. He's been in on, in on 43 blitz plays. Um you know, and and we're we're really seeing Raheem Morris kind of putting his his thumbprint. You know, he's you know having trouble getting uh, pressure on the edges. Let's bring Ernest Jones, which 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 is funny because that's exactly what I wanted to see from Bobby Wagner last year, but they didn't yeah. uh, they didn't they didn't pull the trigger on that so much. Yeah. What, no, you, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on the secondary? Yeah, it's it's a work in progress, right? Like we we knew that was going to be probably the weakness of the defense based on the age. I mean, we, you go after the draft and you're like, who is starting in the secondary after you you get rid of Jalen Ramsey and you know you don't use a high pick for a secondary guy. You wait till the later rounds, um, and obviously they they knocked out of the park with who they drafted early before that. So I'm not saying that was a bad thing. Um, and they sign a killer Witherspoon like in training camp, like, okay, well, I guess he's coming in automatically and they bring John Johnson back. Who's more obviously a safety, but to be in there. And so it's like, okay, what are they going to do? And I think they've played very well, all things considered, they're definitely a ways off, but you know, they've played some, some really talented receiving cores. It's like they're playing nobodies and and they've, they've played well against them. They've had their moments, obviously in struggles. And we, we saw it last week with Darion Kendrick really kind of collapsing late in that game. And he's had that unfortunately kind of throughout the season here and there. But I think based on the talent level, based on the experience, it's just an inconsistent group is what it really is. I think they're playing good here and there, good spottingly. It's not a group at this point you can like rely on to shut down a core, but if that front seven keeps getting pressure like they're getting, which again, wasn't expected either. And the, the emergence of Kobe Turner and what he's been able to do. And as you alluded to using these fun stunt packages from the backers to get Ernest Jones in there and, and others, um, then it takes the pressure off of your secondary. So, and then that, that coupled with, as you mentioned, Quentin Lake kind of moving more and playing some slot back and different things besides just safety. Rust East has been playing well at safety had, you know, a little bit of a rough game last night, but overall I think played pretty well. And then, you know, the rotation they're having with him and John Johnson and, and Jordan Fuller, they at least have some good depth there. They don't have like a true like star outside of Jordan Fuller when he's playing up to his potential but they're playing at least well. It's just the consistency thing. That's the issue. And so we'll have to see if, you know, over the next, you know, two weeks, they don't get the biggest tests in terms of receiving core, getting it going against Tommy DeVito and, and that giants uh, pretty weak receiving core, but go ahead. <laughs> well, well, you know, you know, this is an interesting example of how football works and, you know, you, you start moving everything forward. Um, you, you mentioned it earlier with Jordan Fuller also playing a little bit closer to the, the line of scrimmage, Ernest Jones playing closer to the line of scrimmage. What we've seen is um, teams attacking the the Rams defense over the top. And they've yep. had a lot of success with that. You go, like, you think about Baltimore, uh, you think about all, all those, I think every scoring uh, uh, play by the, um, 
uh, Saints was just kind of this bomb down the field, and yeah. they just Olave or whomever just kind of beat you know their their guy and Washington as well with yeah. Sarah McLaurin and yeah Curtis yeah. Samuel. Well, and, uh, you know Jacoby, if if you have a backup quarterback that you want to test, send him in against the uh, the Rams apparently because Joe Flacco and <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and Jacoby Brissett comes in and light him up. Um, but you know that. That's that's the problem when you start bringing people down. You, you just got the you just have a disadvantage in the back end, which is the whole um, Vic Fangio Staley. We can't call it the Staley defense anymore now that he's uh, he's dishonored. <laughs> but yeah. uh, the Vic Fangio uh, defenses, you know, that backstop isn't there, and that's what Jordan Fuller is really great at is kind of figuring out those those coverages. And so, you know, that's just how football works. Uh, you know, you open yourself up to those things and. Um, I don't really know where I was going with that. It's just fat. It's just fascinating to see that, you know, football isn't this complicated sport. It's just about moving guys around and math and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, not complicated at all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll be curious if they, they go back more to a too high safety look kind of later down the line or in the playoffs. So they don't hit those, those burning shots. But I mean, that's been kind of the way they've been playing all season, um, switching the scheme up a little bit in that regard. So that'll be interesting. Let's, um, let's end the show. So we we mentioned him, but didn't dive deep. We got in the show with Puka Nakua, who is making history. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a long 24 hours, but as of right now, uh, I believe he sits third all time in rookies behind um, Calvin Johnson and Justin Jefferson. He's only like 140 plus yards away to pass them over, and he has two games to do it. And he is second or third all time in receptions. This is for rookies, obviously. Uh, so just talk about Puka Nakua and just how impressed you are with this young guy and what he means to this offense and how surprised you are. And it's, it's great seeing him get his flowers now on primetime after last night. Yeah, it's, it's funny that, you know, everything that we have been saying in the last couple of weeks about the Rams now, finally, the national media is catching up to it. Yeah. Um, finally. They, they finally, you know, it's gotta, it's gotta be on primetime apparently for people to pay attention. Yeah. And I understand that, but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, CJ Stroud missing the last couple of games. Um, you got to you got to think that Puka Nakua has got to be um, the top contender for Rookie of the Year. And you know, coming from where he came from in the draft, has there been a Rookie of the Year that has come from those later rounds? I mean, even even remotely close. And I, yeah, I look back. <laughs> yeah. I, <clears throat> you know, Justin Jefferson, you think about Justin Jefferson and Calvin Johnson, those guys are first rounders, high yeah. first rounders. So yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's amazing historic. And it's just another Testament that the Rams have something um, to their draft strategy, to their uh, trading away draft capital, to their F them picks uh, strategy. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all phenomenal. And, and, and the fact that, so many people go look at the receivers that have been that were drafted ahead of him and and the and the, and yeah. the maybe, maybe Tank Dell is having comparable not even like maybe kind of a close ish season was till he got hurt yeah that's yeah, about it yeah so you know and 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 I think this was the first game where we saw the interplay between just a handful of receivers only four receivers in this game were catching passes yeah um uh, that 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 interplay that I wanted to see um, all season long. I think I feel like this is probably the best example of what this offense can can be. And and Puka Nakua is um, 
the perfect uh, piece to drop in there from what he does in the blocking game, how fast he is. You know, we've always been comparing him to Robert Woods. He's better than Robert Woods. Um, yeah. In, in, in a lot of ways, Robert Woods, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from him. He's just better. So yeah, yeah it's just a, just a, a what a, what a amazing <sighs> surprise. What a, what a great surprise. Um, and, and, you know, going back to what I was saying, it, it's just the succession plan, you know, Cooper Cup is going to retire at some point sooner than later. And this is the next guy up. And, um, you know, Rams fans, you should feel great about your organization because they can find a guy like this. 100%. And we'll end with this. Last thing I'll say, and <clears throat> I don't want to take anything away from Pukunakur because he deserves everything. He's playing his butt off. I mean, you see his his catchability, his escapability, his yards after catch, everything. I mean, that's him. He's doing that. Um. But just to end it with, you know, a shout out to, to Stafford. When you look at the greatest wide receiver season of all time with Calvin Johnson, his quarterback was Matthew Stafford. When you look at the second greatest wide receiver receiving of all time, that was Cooper Cup and his quarterback was Matthew Stafford. And now we're on the verge of seeing the greatest rookie wide receiver season of all time and his quarterback is Matthew Stafford. So something to be said about who's throwing you the football, who's spinning it, who's finding you open, who's throwing you open, because Matthew Stafford may be better than any quarterback this year. I'm not saying the best quarterback total, but he might be the best quarterback at throwing his receivers open. We saw that touchdown to Marcus Robinson. I mean, there was no window there, and he threw him open to only where he could get it. Great touchdown. So Pukunakua is the absolute stud. Should be the rookie of the year since CJ Stroud now has been out, especially if he breaks both those records. How do you not give it to him? But Matthew Stafford is the architect behind what he is doing this season, and it's very impressive. Yeah, uh, I mean, Stafford's having the best, I think the best uh, year of his career. Just from accuracy perspective, he can still make those crazy sidearm throws, no-look passes. Um, it's just, it's it's been phenomenal. It's been fun to watch and, yeah. you know, We've we've talked enough about him. He deserves the respect, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's getting it nationally finally. I think. Yeah, after you know, after this game, finally, you know, like, right. what about the Saints? Is it that yeah. <laughs> you know, beat the Saints? Oh my God! <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Coach of the Year, uh, Defensive Coordinator of the Year. Is that an award? Sure. Uh, rookie of the Year. <laughs> um, you know. You know, you could make it a, a case for offensive player of the year as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, this this offense is this this team has just been lots lots of fun to cover this year. And yeah, the, it's going to be a fun ride the next uh, month or so. Absolutely. Been a lot of fun. So big win for the Rams. Six seed in the playoff as it stands. That is all the time we got. Everyone have a very Merry Christmas. Happy holidays uh, with all of your loved ones, friends and family. We will be back on probably Tuesday or Wednesday. Obviously, Christmas Day is Monday. So we are also going to take some time off. Um, much deserved for skinny T here. So we'll be back uh, Tuesday, Wednesday talking, uh, you know, the upcoming game against the Giants. So everyone have a blessed weekend. Thanks for hanging out with us. Big win for the Rams. For Ryan Skinny T. Anderson, I'm Ryan Dyrud. This has been the Rams Skinny. Make sure to check us out on LA Football Network, lafbnetwork.com, Rams LAFB on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, anywhere you go to get your socials. Thanks, all. Take care.